you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Pat and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. And uh, boy, we've got we've got a show here that is squarely in the wheelhouse of what we discuss on a regular basis. You know, mm. uh, we are here every day, twice on Sundays, as we say, <laughs> uh, when it deals with talking about our children oh, and the importance of protecting our children. Yes. And as is so often the case, it is quite unfortunate, but it is often the case that when we are going to talk to parents about how to protect their children, we have to give a disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> and the reason we have to give the disclaimer is because while the things that we are exposing are being taught to children, mm -hmm. there may be children who are listening who have not been, I would call it abuse, have not been abused with the content exposed, that we're going to discuss. Uh, exposed. Yeah. yeah. I I really abused. believe it's yes. child abuse. Literally. It is. I I really do. I believe that um I believe that to <clears throat> excuse me, to sexualize children is to abuse them and to rob them of their innocence is abusive. And unfortunately, this is happening in American government funded schools mm. all across this country. And we can't, we, I, I say we, I don't believe that we have been ignoring it. We've been talking about it a great deal over the years. And the basis for our conversation about this has not even so much been from the perspective of how you educate your kids, but it's been the, the primary perspective has been what is your responsibility to your children? Mm -hmm. What is your responsibility to your children? Has the Lord tasked you with, training your kids with rearing them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, like growing them in godliness and wisdom. Um, is that the responsibility that the Lord gives to the parent yeah. or is it given to anyone else? And I think when you look through scripture, it's very clear that the, the responsibility of training children, inculcating a worldview, uh, transferring the transmission of the gospel is mm -hmm. entrusted to parents. Right. And, but what you quickly find as you, well, pull back sort of like the um the drapes on the school room yeah what you quickly find in government schools all across this country is that there is the belief that those kids are not your kids right you know i, the, I was i was know. i was just gonna say in line with that i was reading um in uh, exodus and was talking about moses you know everybody knows the story how mm -hmm. uh his mom basically saved his life because they were coming to killed the boys mm -hmm. and how the, the sister went and really found the mother for Pharaoh's daughter so that the mom could nurse um, Moses. And then when she was ready, when it was time for her to give him back, like it, the story talks about how basically he knew his heritage. He knew all the things that uh, he needed to know because he <laughs> began to make a stand 
he began to make a stand, you know, um, against, you know, what was going on uh, with his people. And I was thinking about the formative years, you know, the formative years in the life of uh, a child and how we give this time away to others to do where that's the primary time where we can really instill within them the things that they're going to need for a lifetime, you know, but a lot of times we, we uh, give those responsibilities over who pe- to people who don't mean any, any good to those children anyway and want to teach them and indoctrinate them in things that are not of God. So I was just thinking about that, you know, in reading the scriptures, like, man, that's such an important time because that's where a lot of the foundation, that's where the foundation is, is built. I'm here. I agree with you. I'm just having a hard time. I don't know what's going on. It started two days ago. I developed this cough. And it's, you know, whenever I talk, it intensifies. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty convenient for what which we... makes which makes life really <laughs> it makes life really like, difficult laugh, for me here. Like, no, I can't, I can't makes... because <laughs> no, guys, look, don't... talking is I think ninety percent of my life. Talking, yeah, it's ninety percent of my life, and so your children always get a good kick out of when I'm trying to instruct them and have a discussion with them. And then I get into this hacking cough that I can't stop. You know, they just, they just mock. And so anyway, that's, that's my day has been characterized by that. They say I'm odd, which is their term (laughs) for like, you're not feeling well. And they want to steer clear of me. And I'm like, no, it's not. I I mean, I don't feel 100%, but I don't feel like I'm contagious. I just have this tickle that just won't go away. And it's a, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. um, Do you, I'm, I'm sure you do remember on urban, this would happen to you quite frequently. Yeah, it was it was a it was, it was um, a yearly thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really horrible. Anybody who's had, been with us that long, they will remember. And it I as had well. no way of seeing you, so it was pretty um, adventurous. <laughs> it's torture to have to cough and and to not be able to signal and to say, "Hey, disconnect all sound." Anyways, listen. I think the point that you're making mm-hmm. is a valid point. It's a legitimate point, and that's one of the things that I want to talk about today. Um, is how we understand the importance of the world that we have as parents. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes you can reveal more about a, a people group or um, an organization's motives when you ask questions about what they're doing and maybe why they're doing that, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to reveal those motives. So if you look at our current government school uh, system or you look at the teachers unions and or you look at even popular culture, if you ask the question, why would it be important for you to lose even the thought of stewardship of your kids. I, I, I'm not sure that I want to say ownership of your kids, you know, but, but there is stewardship of your kids that the that's Lord a, has entrusted. You know what I mean? Like yes. the Lord has entrusted those children to you. Yeah. They are his, right? Yeah. They are his, yeah. they are made in his image. Um, but at the same time, we are stewards over those children. They are our responsibility. That's right. I guess my question would always be for those who make decisions as far as education goes for children, those who pick various curricula across this country, mm-hmm. those who have teachers sort of um, under their thumb, you will teach this, you will not teach this, you will <laughs> not bring your worldview into the classroom, you will teach what we teach you, you will teach our worldview. I think the question has to then be, why is it so important Um for the vast majority of what we teach to wrestle kids away from their parents, like to make them 
feel as if their parents are irrelevant. And even, and this is scary to me, but like to, to make parents feel like they give up their parental rights um, if they want to send their kids to school. Now in the asking of that question, I think the answer becomes obvious. And I know that there are people who will just look at the educational aspect of the question. I think we have to look deeper. Yeah. Um, I think we have to look at the spiritual implications of that question. Right. One of the things that I often point to in the book of Acts, when um, the apostle Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he's talking about this promise that everybody's able to witness. He's saying, this is what was promised. It's for you. It's for your children and those who are far off that the Lord, your God will call. Mm -hmm. I think what we often forget is that the proliferation of the gospel actually banks on it starting first in our families. Yeah. (laughs) Starting with our children. Yeah. And so I think if you can convince people that they don't have any parental rights Mm -hmm. or if you can convince them that they're unfit to teach their children, then you can convince them that they really cannot pass the gospel down. They don't have Mm. the right to do that. Mm. And I've even heard some parents who would they would call themselves Christian. Um, I've heard them say things like, well, I don't want to force my kid to believe something. I want to give them the opportunity to make that decision for themselves. I had Christianity forced down my throat and I really rebelled against that. And so I want my kid (laughs) to be able to make their own decision. And the thing that's always funny to me about that, and I'll listen and I, you know, I usually nod trying to just kind of, you know, wait for a polite way to kind of (laughs) gently drop the hammer, excuse me, push. Well, no, push back. Just (laughs) gently, just gently ask a question, not to, you know, drop a hammer, but maybe a little mallet, but just to ask a question. And my question is, so what slate do you think is blank? Mm. Like when you, when you say, I want to just let my kids have a blank slate, where, wherever in the world, wherever in culture, is there a blank slate? So what you think is that you're sending your kid out into a neutral environment where they are going to come back without having anything written on the slate. But now what we are dealing Hmm. with, and because it's being revealed, this has always been the case, by the way, it's not new. It's just now it's known. It's Mm. not new. It's just now it's known. Right. What we now know, um, because parents have had the opportunity to actually peer in a literal sense, peer Mm -hmm. into these classrooms through online learning and see what's going on. Parents now, without a doubt, understand that their kids are being indoctrinated. Somebody's writing on that slate. Yes. Somebody's writing on that slate. And I think that's the thing that's taken for granted that, you know, uh, well, you know, we're going to just let them figure it out. But all the while you're trying to let them figure it out. Somebody is actively giving them what they want on that slate. Yes. And and I think that's what that's what parents have kind of um, deceived themselves away from acknowledging that, mm-hmm. that that it's just neutral education. Mm-hmm. I have heard things like, and we're going to get into this today when we talk about this incredible documentary um, that is being released this spring. Man, oh my intense. goodness. <laughs> now look, I thought, I, I just want to say, I thought I knew all of the stuff because I do the research well, on some the of stuff. the stuff I thought about you because you you have covered so right so some of it I'm I'm like yeah it's familiar but some of the videos that they included in the documentary I was like oh <laughs> I didn't know that one I mean so there was a lot of it that I was familiar with but mm. I, I I thought whoa I didn't know to that extent and so yeah. again we're going to talk a little bit about it because we have to give a disclaimer here 
But these are the types of things when we talk about what's happening in the educating of our kids, what's happening in the indoctrination of our kids in this country, it is unimaginable. It is unthinkable. It's one of those things that I think if every parent, Mm -hmm. uh, we got a call recently from from an aunt who was listening who said, I don't have any kids, but man, I've got nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. and I'm concerned. I think every parent, every grandparent, Mm -hmm. every every aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, needs to watch this documentary because this stuff is appalling. Like, and they yes, bank on disgusting. people not really caring or knowing what they're teaching. But when you that's right, when you begin to know and to see, it's like, man, I cannot believe that this is what you're teaching children. You know, so it's one of those things that I think as more knowledge comes out and documentaries and things talking mm-hmm. about this, and I know you've covered, you know, this at our conference and things like that. Man, this is appalling. And and whenever you present this type of information, people always say, like, man, I didn't know it was right. like this. Like, right. man, wow. You know, it's a light bulb come comes on. Yeah, it's it's something, you know, we were in um we were in Dallas mm-hmm. uh and um shout out to Pastor Dames and his family that yes. are really putting in the work, taking seriously the role that the Lord has placed them in and entrusted yes. uh, him as a pastor there um at their at their local assembly. And I, you know, I cannot tell you, I don't want to exaggerate it, but there were several grandparents there, several grandparents there at the Disciple Life Conference who came up to me afterwards and said, <laughs> I just didn't know. Yeah. And said, not only, not, not only did I not know, but I wish I had gotten my daughter and my son here. And I, I, how, how do we get this information? How is it possible that this type of stuff is being taught to our kids? How is it possible that these types of videos are being shown to our kids mm-hmm. and nobody knows? Right. Well, I, I'm going to just, frankly, my response is because they've, those who indoctrinate kids have had the luxury of trust and and where has that trust come from? That trust has come from the hope and the expectation that you will teach kids that two plus two is four and then send them home. And even the thought of thinking that these people are the experts and they've been trained to do this. So I, I, I'm not qualified, you know, in, in and teaching. I'll stay out of their and way. So I'll stay out of the way. I don't need to know as long as they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Just teach them how to add and send them home. But that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, what you see is in public school systems or the public school system, you see kids being taught that even math can have something to do with sexual identity. And there's something, there's a social aspect to all areas of learning. Even those things that we think are just scientific. Nope. There's some sort of social aspect to that. Yeah. All right. So we got a disclaimer firmly in place. This program may not be suitable for young listeners, but we're going to ask the question, whose children are they? Uh, That and more when we return. Whose children are they? Well, this is not a debatable point. (laughs) This is is a function of nature and natural law and the very basis for uh, the American Republic, that it is the right and responsibility of parents to direct the education and upbringing of their children. Where did this idea come from that we're even asking whose children are they? How did this become 
a, a debate about who's, who, who our kids belong to. Why are, why are teachers and administrators and unions all of a sudden thinking that they own these kids and they know best how to bring them up? The Western tradition, especially in America, parents are the real parents of children, of their children. They are the ones teach their children the value. But the school is taking over that role. At the heart of it, what we're seeing is a clash of two worldviews. Cultural Marxism and the Western civilization view based on the Judeo-Christian values. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that is that is just oh, a little that's a small sample. It's such a small very sample. Sm very small. Okay. Um <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna reiterate that we have a disclaimer in place. Yes. And this so often happens when we're gonna talk about parents standing up and defending and protecting their kids, and we're gonna talk about parents knowing what's happening in the public school system, we have to say, please be aware this is not suitable for young kids. Yeah. While what we're talking about <laughs> is being taught. shown to, directed yeah. at, taught to young, young kids. kids. That's right. So we're just going to dive right in because I know we're going to run out of time once we start talking about this. You just heard a clip from the documentary that I believe is going to be released this spring. Whose children are they? We have um, one of the producers here with us. We are working on getting uh, two, but we're having some problems getting Deborah Flora on. So we'll keep working on that and see if we can fix it. But for right now, we do have Rebecca Friedrichs on with us, who is part of a national movement to restore the voices and authority of parents and teachers in America's schools. Mm, here, good. here. As a 28 year public school teacher, she was forced to fund um, she was forced to fund unions whose politics and divisive tactics tactics degraded her profession our schools, and our national character. She also wrote a book about this struggle called Standing Up to Goliath. Her editorials can be found in the Washington Times, the Washington Examiner, Fox News, and other outlets. She also appears regularly on radio and television. She's also the host of a PragerU video on why good teachers want school choice. Most importantly, and this is my personal favorite, Rebecca is a lover of Jesus Christ. Amen. She is the wife of her husband, Charles, and the mother of two grown sons, Kyle and Benjamin. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm wonderful. It's great to be here. So let's just dive into this right now with both feet, because what you guys do with this documentary is not just pull the curtains back, but I would strongly suggest you rip them down. Um, so that they, there can never, ever be a cover up. It is, it is so clear that we are in a fight over ideologies. We are in a fight over worldview that our kids are not just being taught two plus two. They're being taught to hate this country. They're being taught to despise their parents' authority. They are being sexualized and they are creating the next generation of communists and Marxists in this country. How did you guys even get started? Well, you are precisely correct. You would have been a good voice in our documentary, I think. Um, what you just stated is that's exactly what's going on. We have our children in these public schools that are supposed to be serving us, and they're supposed to be teaching our children how to read and write and to uh, learn how to do accurate science and mathematics. But instead, our schools are being used as indoctrination centers, and it's being done on purpose. So whose children are they is a movie that, as you said, pulls back the curtain on all of this. It's a documentary featuring, featuring brave teachers, emboldened parents, students that have been impacted by all of this, and even some frontline experts who show everyone just precisely how our schools are 
sexualizing our children, indoctrinating them, uh, teaching them anti-American and even anti-family ideologies, and doing much of this without parental knowledge or uh, or consent. So we are helping parents and good teachers and, and community members and pastors to see the truth about what's going on so we can all stand together and stand up against it and restore our educational system and our country. Mm, yeah, and you do an extraordinary job. I'm excited for all of our listeners to have the opportunity to view this film when it's available. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate about the way you guys um, structured this documentary, Rebecca, is that you kind of seem seamlessly bring in all of these different sort of categories of attack. And before you know it, you've moved on to the next one and then to the next one. But as you look at it at, as one big picture, you're left going, I can totally see what they're doing. So so here's what I want to do. I want to start with sort of the first category that I noticed in the documentary is this question over stewardship. Whose children are they? I mean, that's the that's the big umbrella question. But I think the implication behind the question has far reaching effects. Like, why would it be important for our government school system to wrestle kids away from their parents? What are the implications of that? Yeah, well, this is a great question. So our American founders set up our school system in a very specific way. They set it up to be a Judeo-Christian foundation of this country. Mm -hmm. We had what was called a classical liberal arts education, which was outstanding. And so they told us in their writings that the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated and moral citizenry that can self-govern. Mm -hmm. So if you are uh, if you have an agenda to undermine our free republic, then you are going to come into our schools, invade them, undermine the education on purpose, undermine the moral values on purpose, so that your next generation cannot self-govern. Mm -hmm. That's what we're witnessing here. So our schools have been invaded. Uh, the These unions that I was forced to pay my whole career are mm -hmm. a big part of this invasion and pushing this uh, very radical agenda that is against the will and, and knowledge of parents. And um, it, it is specifically to undermine our free republic. So the question of whose children are they, uh, we even go into the Marxist background in mm -hmm. how uh, it, within the Marxist ideology, children belong to the state. Mm -hmm. But in the Judeo-Christian uh, ideology and God's view, children belong not only to God, but to their parents. So that's the struggle we're having in our schools right now. The schools are saying, hey, your kids belong to the state and we're going to make collectivists out of them. And the parents are saying, no, these kids belong to us. God gave them to us to raise and to teach. And uh, and we want to teach them to love God. So that is the basic structure uh, and fight in whose children are they. Yeah. And don't you think and I'm, you know, one of the the ways I, I tend to, to to hone in on these things, Rebecca, is to look at the spiritual implications, because we understand that the battle that we're in, the fight that we're in, it is over worldview, it is over ideology, but it's also over the eternities of men. So I think this also becomes a question of where will our kids spend eternity? Will we present to them the message of the cross? Will we present to them Jesus Christ? Right. And you think about the parent as being the first authority in that kid's life where the kid is like, well, I can trust my mom. I can trust my dad. Um, they've been given to me. They're, they're in, I'm in, in the home with them. I can trust them as an authority in my life. But then 
you send your kid off to school and then all of a sudden what happens is the kid is told, no, I am your new authority. And so then what Mm. comes along with that is a different belief system, a different set of convictions. And so I think if you go long term looking at this, not only do you lose the way our kids feel about this country, but I think in an eternal sense, you Mm. lose the way kids feel about the gospel and about Jesus Christ. Oh, you are exactly right. So well said. This is a spiritual battle for the hearts, minds, and souls of our kids. This is a battle to divide our families, Mm -hmm. to divide people in our country, to divide us by class, by religion, by color. So it's absolutely Mm -hmm. a spiritual battle. Um, You know, our children were entrusted to us by God so that we could raise them in the knowledge of Jesus Christ as as their savior. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you as a longtime teacher in the public schools that many of our public schools that are controlled by these unions are purposely undermining Mm -hmm. the uh, Judeo-Christian virtue, values, culture, uh, and and in some cases attacking it, literally Mm -hmm. coming after it and basically telling our kids that, you know, there, oh, we know better than your parents. Your parents are old fashioned. You know, there's really a lot of genders. There's not just two genders, like God said. There's all these genders, and you'll figure out your gender someday. Uh, truly undermining their identity. The Bible says that they were created in the image of God, and these schools are telling them, "Oh no, that you know there is no image here." Mm-hmm. So you are right. This is an, a, a, an attack on our on our virtue, on our beliefs, mm-hmm. and. Oh, how we pray that this movie, Whose Children Are They, will help parents to awaken to that truth and good teachers to awaken to that truth yes. and to stand together against this because we don't Amen. have to put up with this. Amen. No, absolutely not. You know, uh, this has been one thing about this, like the history of it. This has been a long time coming within our schools. Like you, you talk about like John Dewey and some of the other uh, influences. How did did we miss this as mm. parents, it's manifesting now. A lot of things are manifesting now, but this has been going on for such a long time. And how do you think we've missed uh, all of this going on? Have we just been asleep at the wheel, just kind of busy doing other things that this is not important? Oh, that is such an astute question. Yeah. Um, let me go back to the first thing you said, John Dewey. So these attacks have actually been going on in our schools for over 100 years. Mm. So the um, teacher associations were started in the mid 1800s and and they were actually doing good things. They were bringing in um, prayers and scripture for the children because we used to have scripture in our classrooms Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and we still should. And um, anyway, they were infiltrated. And part of that infiltration included something called the Frankfurt School, where these Mm. folks came over from Germany and they started the Frankfurt School. And the Mm -hmm. Frankfurt School was set up just to teach critical theory. Critical race theory is what we all know, but there's also critical class theory. You can Mm. divide and conquer people on on. any topic. So they brought that through the Frankfurt School. And the Frankfurt, John Dewey was part of the Frankfurt School. John Mm. Dewey was also named the honorary president of the National Education Association. So these so-called teacher unions have been involved since the very beginning in the undermining of our schools and our culture. So they started training at first administrators and superintendents, and then pretty soon they had infiltrated our teacher colleges. So now most of our teachers are trained in this, you know, this, this, this agenda of critical theory, this Marxist agenda. This is how it undermined. Now the way they tricked us 
uh, and myself as a teacher, I was in the middle of it, is they brought in these unions and everybody thought a union was a good thing. Well, the unions are the good guys. They're looking out for me. And then, of course, they're teacher unions and teachers are trusted. So they thought, oh, teacher unions, this is good. Teachers were told the union is your savior. They're going to take care of you and protect you from the big, bad, mm. you know, administration. And so people believed these deceptions. Mm. And the truth is these unions actually were very clever. They, they were working with these folks to undermine our Judeo-Christian culture. And so what did they do? They decided to masquerade behind the beautiful faces of children and the trusted faces of teachers. And so they oh. got away with their masquerade for a really long time. But praise God, uh, this, this whole COVID thing came along hmm. and exposed yeah. them. So the silver lining uh, that we talk about in our film even is that this COVID, uh, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because it's exposed this mm -hmm. very evil agenda in our schools and whose children are they helps us to shine the light on what's really been going on so that teachers will stop funding these unions. They don't have to fund them anymore. They used to be forced. No longer that are they forced. And so the parents and teachers will stand together again and our pastors will get involved as well. Mm. Yes. Important. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So Rebecca, I just, I, I, I want to read, I was jotting this down as you were speaking. I just want to read your eloquent words right back to you. When you talk about these teachers, uh, teachers unions and, and how they hid behind the beautiful faces of children and the trusted faces of teachers. Okay. So I want to go back to that and kind of spend a little bit of time here because one of the things that we often hear when we begin to push back against what's happening in our government school system, we say, they are indoctrinating your kids. And we say it's all hands on deck. We say now there has to be a mass exodus. Like you are unless unless you are in the classroom, you have no idea what your kid is being taught. And inevitably, someone will say to us, well, no, 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 no. you don't know my little school. They will say, our teachers are all Christian here. So I know that what is being taught to my kid is going to totally square with and align with my biblical values. And then I usually turn around and I go, but wait a minute, what kind of power does your Christian teacher have if your teacher is under the authority of the school board and the school system and must teach what they have been instructed to teach? Can you please speak to that and, and kind of pull back the curtain even further on the powerlessness of the teachers in our American government school system? Mm. We are absolutely powerless as teachers in the government school system. That is so true. So I always tell people, look, you're, I was a Christian teacher in the public schools. I never taught anything horrible to my students. I adored my students and worked very hard to provide them with as best education as I could possibly provide them. So I wouldn't harm them, but I can't speak for, you know, what else is going on in the public school. Mm -hmm. So the problem for within the public school system is teachers are working within a corrupt system. And mm. I pushed back on that system a lot. I actually became a, a union leader for a while and tried to change things from the inside and they didn't want to be changed. <laughs> so there's a lot of corruption that, and teachers can't do anything about it. Wow. Okay, Rebecca, we are coming up on a break here. I want to just pause here for a second. We'll come back and we'll continue to kind of drill down on what it is that parents need to know about what their kids are being taught. And I want to make sure that this comes across as lovingly and as compassionately, but as sternly as possible. When we talk about our Christian teachers, 
our Christian teachers love Jesus mm -hmm. and they are doing everything within their power to protect children. I think what we have failed to realize is that teachers have lost power. What we yeah. once thought teachers were able to do, they're no longer able to do. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. More. Whose children are they? That's the conversation. Stay close. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to where my sin I just want to make this point. This is a very important point. I grew up in Mao's China. I spent my entire school years in Cultural Revolution. I know what communism is like. America, uh, we won the uh, Cold War, but America did not defeat communism. As for the question as whose kids are they, they're my kids, they're your kids, they're everyone's kids, but they are not the government's kids. When I share with parents what is going on in our schools today, the radical indoctrination, the sexual exploitation, and the division, they're shocked. And it's happening because they don't know. Then COVID happened, the shutdowns happened, now the kids are learning from home, learning in quotation marks, they're learning from home and parents were furious. We got to go back. We got to go back. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is your time. Hang tight, sit back, watch from the comfort of your kitchen counter, from the comfort of your, of your living room, what's actually being taught, right, to your kids. So I was like, don't rush it. This is your opportunity. Sit back. So now parents are noticing and they're taking notes and they're overhearing things that their teachers are saying to their kids, whether it's anti-American history, anti-law enforcement, hate yourself because of your skin color, you can't amount to anything because of your skin color. Um, you know, so much politics in the classroom and parents were picking this up and I thought, this is perfect. This is sweet revenge right here. In some places like Tennessee, they even asked parents to sign a form saying they would not monitor their students' curriculum. Why? What are they hiding? Hmm. Yeah, there, there used to be a time <laughs> where they'd be like, can we get more parents in the classroom? Like, can we can we get parents Man. to come sit down, like volunteer a day, maybe bring cupcakes, you know, that kind of... But now it's like, no, no please we don't. Want don't. Don't, <laughs> don't be too active. That's, like, that's no. got to be a dead giveaway. Got to be yes. a dead giveaway. We are um, discussing the documentary, Whose Children Are They? I encourage you to go to whosechildrenarethey.com. Whosechildrenarethey.com to learn how you can watch this film when it's released to the public. You, this, we'll come back to this um, mm -hmm. this spring. We will come back to this because you have to see it. You, you have to have your eyes opened. Every grandparent, every parent, every aunt, every uncle, you have to have your eyes open. And, and I think that this documentary does just that. Uh, it opens eyes. One of the producers is here with us, Rebecca Friedrichs. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a delight. Thank you. Man, you guys got some amazing guests. I mean, <laughs> they're just some amazing mouthpieces to bring some clarity to what we are experiencing, what our kids are being indoctrinated with. Um, let's talk a little bit about critical race theory. Uh, this is not new. And the moves to divide people into these, uh, 
I say neat little groups, but to divide people in this country, to weaken our country, to weaken our society. This is not new. Why is it that parents are suddenly alarmed? And then how are parents responding? Well, I think parents didn't know about it before. A critical Mm theory has been going on in our schools for a really long time. Uh, But I think, like I said before, the silver lining of COVID is parents got to look inside the classroom. Mm -hmm. But you know what else is interesting? I think teachers are shocked. This is in our classrooms, too, because as we were talking earlier, teachers are, are trapped in this corrupt system. The majority of teachers are still these really great people who are trying to do a wonderful job. Yes. But this uh, activism has been snuck into our schools. So there are uh, activists, quote, air quote, teachers who are indoctrinating our children with things like CRT. So critical theory, as I mentioned before, is a Marxist idea. It's basically divide and conquer. If you are going to uproot a free republic, you first have to divide the people. You you can't have a common history or a common belief system, common culture. You have to upend that. And and what's amazing is America, here we were, this beautiful melting pot. We Mm -hmm. were from all over the place, but we came together for a love of God, a love of freedom. And we had this beautiful country and we were overcoming some of the hurts that we had from the past. And now they've thrown in this divisive critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And uh, sadly it's working, but the, uh, I believe the way we fight back, number one is get on our knees and pray. Mm. And number two, stand together against it because it mm. is a lie mm. and it is divisive. So whose children are they does just that. It brings, like you said, amazing voices like Dr. Carol Swain mm-hmm. who come together and talk about the truth about critical theory and the truth about what's going on in our schools and the truth about what should be going on and, and really... Uh, whose children are they empowers parents and teachers and other leaders to say, Hey, wait a minute, we can fix this. We can come together and we can restore our schools and our culture. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think has been amazing to watch is to watch parents um, do what God has uh, entrusted them to do. And that is to protect their children, to say, we do not want our kids indoctrinated with hate. We do not want our kids uh, to be turned into enemies as they try to learn to be turned into victims. And, you know, one of the things that you, you, I hate to say this, you know, but you, you've got to give these people a little bit of credit for what they've been able to do because they have been able to divide, but then they've also been able to silence parental voices, not only by making the parents feel like they have no authority in Mm -hmm. this arena, but also depending on the color of that parent's uh, skin or even just the, the level of melanin in that parent's skin, they make those parents feel like they cannot speak to that issue. So one of the things that I've been really pleased to see happen is to see black parents rise up and show up at the school board meetings and yeah. say, no, you will not teach victimization to my children. You will not tell my kids that they are not going to live a better life than me when every generation has expected that. Every generation, regardless of your skin <laughs> hue, you've expected that your kid is going to live just a little bit better than you did. That's why you work so hard. That's why you try to get them the best education right. that you can. You entrust them to the care of the Lord. At least you hoped that you would be able to do that in a free society. But one of the things that we've got to do, I think, as parents, is we've got to return to that God-given authority that we've had and then simply show up. Amen. Couldn't agree with you more. Yes, these parents, these parents around the country are an inspiration. They, you know, instead of just sitting back and 
being too afraid to go forward. They're standing up for their children, the mama bears and the papa bears, and they're making a massive difference. They're, mm. I mean, they're, they're flipping school boards. They're, I mean, they helped bring <laughs> yep. in a new governor in Virginia. Yep. Yes, they these did. Parents, <laughs> these parents are remarkable. I cannot speak loudly enough and, and say enough Thank you, parents. Please keep it up because those of us that have been in this battle for a really long time, there have been years where there might be one or two of us who would go to a board meeting and speak out and all the other teachers and parents would say, I'm too afraid. Can you say this mm. for me? But don't use my name. And oh, so the wow. problem with that is when you're fighting a bully, you can't just have one or two people fight the bully. You have to That's come right. together and stand against the bully. So parents, good job. Keep it up. Teachers, come on, wake up and join the parents. And if we all stand together, we will take down this Goliath. There is no doubt about it. We just have to stand. And I couldn't be more heartened by the parents out there who are making such a big difference. God bless yeah. you and keep it up. Amen. Oh, that's Amen. so good. I mean, it's it's it is sort of it's the epic slow clap where you have the one person who starts <laughs> clapping and then everybody just eventually joins in because they're just like, yeah, and we're sick of being outnumbered. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that there are way more people who have seen and agree than uh, than maybe you once thought. Now, I want to do this. I've already issued a disclaimer, um, but now I want to talk to uh, talk about the sexualization of our children. Talk about what's happening in various comprehensive sex ed curricula across this country. Um, we've talked about it a lot, and each time we've got an issue, we've got to issue a disclaimer. Um, so, parents, if you're listening with a younger kid and you've not had these kinds of conversations, I would encourage you to occupy them elsewhere because even though this is being taught in schools, it's not suitable for children. Hmm. Um, Rebecca, your documentary takes this head on and exposes what is being taught. It talks about the videos that are being recommended and in some instances being played right in the schoolroom. It talks about the activities that kids are engaging in, what kids are being taught to do. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be careful, but at the same time, I want to address directly um, what is happening in the hypersexualization of our kids today. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's extremely troubling. And it goes back to that whose children are they question again. Because if the state thinks they belong the chil uh, own the children, they think they can sexualize the children. They think they can uh, force the children to live a godless lifestyle. And uh, that's precisely what's going on in our public schools. Uh, parents, I, I just urge you to pull your children out of these schools and also pull them out of the room if they're still in the room because I'm going to share a few things that are deeply troubling. I'd also like to say that good teachers are disturbed by all of this, would never teach this stuff. Yes. But what the unions and their friends have done is they've written laws where they write into the law that if teachers are unqualified to teach this, then the experts will come in and do it. And basically mm -hmm. what that means is when a teacher like myself says, no way, not teaching that child abuse, they bring in Planned Parenthood. Wow. And there are districts all around the country that have contracts with Planned Parenthood coming in to sexualize your children. So wow. I'll just give you a few highlights of the sex ed. Um, they claim that they're teaching this in an age-appropriate way. What they mean by that, their double speak, is uh, that they're playing games with the mm -hmm. kids. Are they age-appropriate games? No. One of them is called the condom relay races. I will let your minds go where that you all, we all know what a relay, relay race is. Mm. Uh, it's absolutely far more disgusting than you mm. can possibly imagine. Um, 
they are teaching our children to have anal sex, um, which is 100% against our God. Mm. Uh, so they are literally teaching our children to disobey God mm. in our classrooms. They're telling them that anal sex will keep them from getting pregnant. Um, they're telling girls that pregnancy makes you fat. Mm. They are telling our children through these games that they should sleep around with all different people. And, oh, you don't know if you're heterosexual or homosexual or if you're a transgender. Oh, just try it out. Uh, th these lessons... Wow quote lessons, these indoctrinations, this child abuse is what is causing this uh, huge growth in transgenderism. It's, it's, it's behind the suicides and mm -hmm. all of these horrific things going on in our culture because they're literally sexualizing our children in the classroom. Um, the teachers unions work along with the CDC and they tell parent or they tell teachers like myself, oh, you know, it's okay for young boys to have young men to have sex with men. I mean, it's just absolutely mm -hmm. unbelievable. Things that I would always have reported as child abuse right. um, mm -hmm. are suddenly in the curricula. And <laughs> teachers, here's the scary part. Great teachers are resigning in droves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the scary thing is now you have less great teachers. But the mm -hmm. good news is there are so many other options and these wonderful teachers can stand together with these wonderful parents and create new schools and create co-ops. And I think whose children are they is going to help parents and teachers to really understand, oh, that's what's going on. Okay, I'm getting out of this public school system and I'm going to start something new. Mm -hmm. And that gives <laughs> us a lot of hope. Amen. Yeah. You know, Rebecca, I, I think that what you just mentioned and you talk about um, the way that parents are responding, I think that that probably is some of the, I don't know, maybe the scariest thought that, that a parent might have, that I've got to take my kid um, out of the public school system. It's all I've ever known. Um, it's all I've ever thought that they would know. And and then you feel helpless. You feel like I now I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And you kind of feel like you're, you know, in sort of like uncharted waters. Yeah. What encouragement can you give to parents right now? Because look, every Christian parent who is listening, and even some parents who are not Christian that are listening to this this radio show right now, you're going, hey, listen, I don't want that for my kid. So yeah. how do parents begin to take those steps to live as if these are their children? Yes, every parent wants a great and safe education for their child. Every parent wants their child to be loved and protected. Um, I'm really glad you asked because Whose Children Are They? This movie is meant to lead a movement and to help people to network and to get connected. Part of our goal is to teach people to adopt teachers and stand with them and help them to leave these unions and also for teachers and parents to stand together and create new schools and help each other. So we, one of our network groups is called Public School Exit. Public School Exit is this amazing organization that literally teaches parents how to homeschool or teaches them wow. how to connect with a co-op or connects them with an independent learning academy or connects them with a, a, a private school or helps a church to learn how to start a homeschooling network or a private Wonderful. school. There are wow. so wow. many options, dozens of options. Man. And I, I, I relate to those parents that I was a single parent for seven years. And mm -hmm. if I were, if my child was still young, I, I would be thinking, oh my goodness, how can I possibly do this? But we can help. So through whosechildrenarethey.com, people can click join the movement and they can learn about all these things like public school exit. 
Oh, wow. this is so good. Man. Rebecca, I, I knew that this time <laughs> would fly by. I knew it. And and this is one of those um, conversations that I know stir so many of our listeners because so many of our listeners are parents who have kids who are school age and, and they are concerned. They all know what's going on. Um, you've provided some practical tools. I'm yes. going to make sure that we keep this in front of our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks to you and thanks to Deborah. I'm so sorry we couldn't get Deborah on. Um, but we're going to direct people to your website, whosechildrenarethey.com. Please check that out and then get involved. Yes. Stand up and protect your kids. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.